Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Wow, hopefully you have no, no more tears. Hopefully we've had a few, a few tears this morning, which is perfectly fine. Because you want to be a church that's real, hey? And it's okay to cry. It's okay when in those times. And it's okay to laugh, and it's okay to laugh at me. Feel free. And if you don't like it, throw things, just walk out, whatever, whatever. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity today to, to bring your message to your people. Um, anoint me with this task, God. I need your spirit to um, equip me to guide me. Father, give us ears and hearts open to what you want to say today. Move, God, in this place. Change mindsets. Break chains. Give us a new, a, a, a new outlook. Give us a new way forward. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Many, many of you will know that I coach a, an under-11 soccer team. Um, it's the team that my son Aiden's a part of. Um, and it's, and I really enjoy it. It's fun to tell the kids what to do. It's good to yell at them, do this, do that. And uh, as the coach, you uh, teach the kids to pass the ball, trap the ball, throw the ball, how not to trip players over, all those sorts of things. But they're at a stage now where they're learning positions. They're learning where to stand on the field rather than just do this around the ball. You know, they follow it around. They're actually learning to get in their spots and then pass the ball to each other, and in their spots to know what their responsibility is as the fullback, for example. Luke Thompson plays left fullback, and that's my uh, nephew and also Pete and, Pete and Colleen's um, wonderful son, Luke. And I'm teaching Luke to what to do as, as, as a left fullback. So when he gets the ball, Luke, you need to be thinking about where your left half is, the person in front of you. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay, good. Your uh, left half is, and you need to give it to him. When we are defending, Luke, left fullback, when we're defending and the uh, ball's near our goals and we're in danger, when the ball comes to you, kick it out. Now, don't kick it in the center of the field. Kick it towards the sideline so it's safer for him, for him yeah? And then I'm teaching him how when, a, when an attacker comes, how to jockey the player because it's not always wise to dive in, and then at the right time to dive in and tackle the player. Trying to teach Luke his role and the other players their roles in the field. Now, just imagine if Luke and all the other kids in my team said, you know what, Nathan, coach, thanks for the advice, thanks for the ideas, but we're just going to do it our way. Just imagine that the uh, goalkeeper decides, well, bit bit uh, bored of this. I think I'm going to move up the field a bit, and I'm going to go play with the strikers, right? And no need for that. I'm just going to try and score goals. Or if the fullbacks, this left fullback said, oh, well, can't be bothered stopping the attackers. I'm just going to let them uh, go past me and score goals. Or when the fullbacks have got the balls, they deliberately kick it to an attacker so they can score goals. Or the uh, striker decides that he's tired and we're playing up at Coleman Park. You know, Coleman Park's up near the airport and the, and the aeroplanes come over. And this is pretty common, actually, the kids... Kids, the kids do, and the ball goes. The ball goes straight past them. Kids do that. It would be a mess. It would be chaos. The kids would not be doing their doing what they should be doing, and we would lose lots and lots of games. Well, friends, the reason I share that 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 testimony this morning is because God's church, and not talking about the building, I'm talking about the people. That God's church is a bit like a soccer team, where we all have a part to play. We all have a, a, a position on the team. 
We all have a role and a responsibility. And God wants us to follow the captain who is Jesus. Now, when we look at the scriptures this morning, when the um, scriptures talk about the church, it doesn't talk about the church like a team. It talks about the church like a body. And we as people who are God's people are called the body of Christ. And friends, let me give you some descriptions of how the Bible describes you and me. Just like the body has many parts, it has hands, it has legs, it has feet, it has, it has a head. So the body of Christ has many parts, many different people. There's Neville and there's Tony and there's George and there's Nat and there's Julie and there's Kat. There are many different parts of the body and, and you can insert your name there. The second thing is that each, just like there's different parts of the body, that each part of the body has a different function. The hands grab, the legs walk, the butt sits and other things, the brain thinks, the muscles lift, yeah? And so it is with each one of us that each one of us has a different place in the body. Some of us are called to lead, others of us are called to serve, others of us are called to give, to show mercy, to pray for the sick, and the list goes on about the different functions within the body. The third thing is that, friends, we are deeply connected. The hand can't decide for a moment, well, don't like this body very much. I'm just going to leave this body and go and be a hand somewhere else. Or the foot just go, well, I don't like this body. I'm going to walk off. That's pretty funny. Walk off somewhere else and do my own thing. No, the hand is connected. The foot is connected to the body. And friends, let me tell you this, that if you're part of the body, and I need to clarify this, Christians are part of the body of Christ. If you have not yet committed your life to Jesus, if you've not asked him to forgive you, you're not yet part of the body. But at the end of this message, like every message, we want to give you the opportunity to become part of God's body, to become part of God's family. And so if you're a Christian, you're part of his body and you're deeply connected. Just like a hand just can't go off and do their own thing. As a Christian, it's, it's not okay to, and I'm preaching to the choir this morning because you're at church, it's not okay to be a Christian and be on your own. You're meant to be part of the body. You're meant to be connected with the, with the arms and the legs and the other parts like we have here today. Fourth thing is that we need each other. We need each other. Each part of the body relies on the other part. You know that our body relies on our eyes to guide us? Yes. Do you know our body relies on our legs to move us? Pretty profound, isn't it? Do you know our body relies on our ears so we can hear and understand and it can help us to communicate? Do you know our body relies on touch to feel heat where it's safe and where it's not safe? And friends, just like the body has different parts and, and each part of the body is important and we need each, each part, well, friends, I want to say to you that we need you. I need you. I haven't got all the gifts. I've got a few, few that I'm good at. But in a group this size, all the gifts are covered. All the gifts that God gives his church are covered. And we need you to be fulfilling the gifts that God has placed in your world. Because if you're an eye and you aren't seeing, 
the whole body's not going to know where to go. If you're a hand, the body's not going to be, be able to pick up food and be able to grab things. The body's not going to function effectively if you don't do your bit. And so Becky, who is amazing gift in prophecy, we need her voice. Jordan, amazing gift of service and organization. We, we are needing him in LifeGate Care. Nat's got this communication gift that's growing and flourishing, and we're going to encourage that. And we need that in the church. Marcelo, this man who lays hands on the sick and they recover, we need that in his church. We need people like TK who can lead us in worship. We need people like Colleen who can encourage and, and welcome people into a home that is struggling. We, want, we need Rachel, who's, a, who's got a gift of leadership on her life, to be, to, to be leading in our area of children's ministry. Friends, we need you. We can't do this without you. Actually, we can do this without you. But then we're like a handicapped person or a disabled person. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, oh, sorry, Tone. <laughs> sorry, Tone. Sorry, Tone. I said you can throw things, walk out, yell. That's good. Good, good. Get real, Tone. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it like if, <laughs> if you are just like a part of you can throw water at me and you know, call me down. Um, just like a disabled person or a person, if part of their body's not functioning, sure they can get around, sure they can get on with life, but if that part of that body works like God would want for it to work, well then they're going to flourish more in life. Friends, we need each other. Last thing I want to say, oh, you can't read that. If one part of the body isn't functioning, I'll read it to you. If one part of the body isn't functioning as it should, the whole body is affected. If one part of the body is not functioning as it should, as it should the whole body is affected. Friends, the reality is we need each other. We need each other. For us as a church to function effectively, we need each person. We need each person. Fulfilling their role on the team. We need each person fulfilling their role on the team. If some of us don't do it, sure, we will still go ahead as a church, but we will, but we will not be as fruitful as what we would be if everyone was doing their bit. Um, when Michelle and I got married, we, we went on our honeymoon. We went up to Coffs Harbour. We drove up six hours north on our honeymoon and stayed in this two-bedroom thing, unit thing. And after one day of fishing, as you do on your honeymoon, I left Michelle at home and went fishing, yeah, came back, and, and it was July when we got married, so it was a bit cold, so I came back a bit cold, I went into the bathroom, and I noticed there was this, well, I knew there was this spa bath, and so I filled it up with water, I jumped in the spa bath, and Michelle comes into the bathroom, and it doesn't go that way, and, and she says, and she says to me, and she says, because of the fishing, thanks, Mel. And she says to me, Nathan, don't put your ears under the water. I had the spa going to the water spraying everywhere. And I said, why not? Because there's germs. It'll be right, Shell. It'll be right. Yeah. My first day of not listening to my wife, the first of many with many bad consequences, right? So about 24 hours later, it was night. We were sleeping, Ben. I woke up with this earache. Oh, my goodness me. I've never had an earache before. But it was like, oh my goodness, that was really, really bad. And I, I had pain, I had Panadol, nothing would take it away. I got out of bed and I sat in front of the TV on the couch and I caught up like this on the couch, trying to distract myself from this pain in my ear. And Michelle comes out and goes, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, don't, don't go near me, don't touch me, stay away. And this is on a honeymoon, right? So she freaks out, what have I done? What's your, who have I married? What's wrong with this man? And I'm, 
And this pain was just awful. And then the next day, thanks, we went to the doctor and we got drops and painkillers. And oh, praise God, I was okay. Ear inf- Has anyone had them before? Are they bad? Oh, my goodness, they're bad. And you know what? When I had that, I could still eat. I could still talk. I could still walk. I could still breathe. I could still go fishing. But my body was affected because one part of the body was not working like it should. That one part of the body was not working like it should. And as a result, my whole body was affected. Friends, we need you. Julie, we need you. Rex, we need you. Mel, we need you. We need each one of us to use the gifts that God has given us so that we can be a fruitful body, that we can be all that God has called us to be. Thank you, Thomas. Let's do that. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need you. Tell them. Thank you. I need you. I need you. Can you check? Can you check your phone? So, because we're serious about this church, you got it. Thank you, Jordan. I oh, doesn't matter. I can just say, it's there. Beautiful. Here it is. Now, because we we are taking this thing seriously, we need you. We need to know. You need to know what your gifts are. You need to know what, what, what gifts God has put in you in order for you to know what God is asking you to give, to serve, to use in his body. And so this morning, I've got Jordan's phone here, and this morning you were sent an email. If you don't get an email, this paper, Larissa, she's here, going out there with the kids. Larissa's no doubt put the paper version out in the foyer. I don't need it, Jordan, really. Thanks. Made me feel better. You've been sent an email, which is a gift survey, and Ken wrote it lots of years ago. We've updated it, so it's really good. Ken wrote it, and 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 as you fill it out, it'll take you. Don't do it when I'm preaching. <laughs> it'll take you 15 minutes to fill out, and do it this week, because next week we're going to ask you to talk about it in your life groups, and you're going to, and you're going to be talking in your life groups about which gifts out of the 30 are the ones that stood out to you in the survey. Now, not, not every survey is perfect, we know that, but it's going to give us a good idea. And then Sunday the 24th, so not next Sunday, the Sunday after, Ken's going to preach on gifts next week. The Sunday the 24th, Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, and we, and we sent this out via email already, we're going to have a, a gathering here where Ken's going to talk about the gifts. We're going to help you understand your gifts. And then we're going to, give, we're going to show you where you can use your gifts in ministry in this church. Because if we're going to be fair income about gifts and using them, we need to give you opportunities to use them. So on that, on that day, Sunday the 24th, 4 o'clock, and we're going to do the exact same thing the, in two days' time on the Tuesday night at Vision Night out at Liverpool. We're going to be talking about the gifts, talking about your gifts, and then we're going to break into huddles of where you can use your gifts in the church. Because so very, very important. The scripture I want to take you to today is uh, from Romans chapter 12. Ooh, running out of time. Romans chapter 12, which talks about gifts. It goes like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
Again, a very, very popular passage. If you've been in church lots of times, you would have heard this preached on. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Now, those in view of God's mercy is referring back to the first 11 chapters of Romans, where Paul writes to the Roman church about what God has done for them, that he's rescued them. He tells them in that in Romans 6.23, for the wages, what you deserve for your sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He talks about the mercy of God in the first 11 chapters of Romans. And then he says, in view of that, in view of what God has done for you, in the view of the kindness of God, this is how you're to respond. He says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now those two words going together don't make a lot of sense because a sacrifice was like a lamb or a goat or a pigeon that they sacrificed as a way of covering over sin in the Old Testament. So if you were a sacrifice, you were dead. But the word he puts before it is a living, dead thing. So he says, in response to what God has done for you, act like a living, dead thing, meaning dead to self, alive to God. Die to your own agenda, die to your flesh, die to your own motives, and be alive to God's desires. Live his way. Live holy and pleasing to God, laying down your agenda, choosing God's agenda, this is your true and proper worship. And friends, that is the highest calling, I believe. The highest calling for us as people. Am I talking too fast? No? I'm okay. I'm excited today. I'm excited today. Our response is to live a life of worship. That's our highest calling, I believe. And, and, and the way to do it, it says here, in view of God's mercy, put down your own, own agendas, your own life, and choose a life that is holy and pleasing to God. And then he tells you how to do it in verse 2. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Rather, be transformed. In other words, live differently, act differently. How? By a renewed mind. And as your mind is renewed, as you start to think more and more like God, more and more like Jesus, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The more you think like him, the more you know what he wants. The more you know what he wants you to do, the more you become like him. Then... Now, there's that really popular two verses. And then he goes on in these next few chapters to talk about these things. In the second half of chapter 12, he talks about how to treat people. In chapter 13, he talks about how to obey governing authorities and how to love people. In 14 and 15, he talks about how to treat people whose faith is weak. And finally, in 16, um, Paul celebrates those who, have, who are living a life of worship. That's pretty much the end of the book of Romans. But what I want to do is take you to verse 3 in this, in this Romans chapter 12. Because the very first thing that he picks on, out of all the things that he could have talked about, loving people, authorities, celebrating people, out of all the things he picked on, the thing that he speaks about first for us to live a life of worship, to be living sacrifices, to live for God is around gifts. Look at this. For the grace given me, I say to you, every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. Not higher, not lower, but as you really are. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy 
in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, well then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then encourage. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's leading, do it diligently. If it's showing mercy, do it cheerfully. The first thing he talks about in this living a life of worship is use your gifts. Six things this morning that I want to point you to from this passage. Number one, see yourself as who you really are. Do not, by, by the grace of giving you, I say to everyone, and you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. You know, in our society, if someone thinks they're better than what they are, we have the tall poppy syndrome where we pull them down. And as I speak to people regularly, they do not see themselves as good as they really are. I talk to many of you, and regularly, people don't believe in themselves. They don't back themselves. They do not see themselves with sober judgment. They see themselves as less than what you are. Recognize the gift that God has given you. Recognize who you are in Christ. Recognize who God has called you to be and walk in it. Second thing. He talks about one church, many people. For just as each of us has one body with many members, we, we do not all have the same function. So in Christ... We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Friends, we're in this together. We're a team. And we're a team trying to score goals. Now, you might be thinking, what are the goals of a church? Well, let me give you some goals of a church. To live a life of worship. To honor Jesus. To see the church build up. To see unsaved people get saved, their wins, they are things that we as a team, we as a body that are going after. We're in it together. We're many people all heading in the same direction. Number three, we have different functions. For each of us has, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ the many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Friends, each person has a different function within the body. Some of us have the gift of teaching, which is wonderful. Others of us have the gift of encouragement. Others of us have the gift of leading. Others of us have the gift of showing mercy. Others of us have the gift of interpretation of tongues and healing, and the list goes on. We're different, and that's okay. We don't need to be like anyone else. God's gifted you. We, have a, we each have a different place in the body, and that's perfectly okay. It says in verse 6, it says, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it's leading, lead. Whatever your gift is, function in that area of gifting. Number four, God chooses your gifts. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Rex, God has chosen your gifts. Amanda, God has chosen your gifts. Michelle, God has chosen your gifts, and I'm one of them. Praise God. <laughs> Natalia, God has, God has chosen your gifts. God has chosen your gifts. Amen? Who's, who didn't, I didn't hear any amens for that church. Amen. God has chosen your gifts. <laughs> for those listening to the recording, Donna White said, Nathan, see yourself as you really are. That's why everyone laughed. Really good. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. There was a, um, 
there was a guy in our church about five years ago, and he, and he was at Bible college, and, and, and all he wanted to do was preach on the platform, right? And, and he did it once and twice, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't his fit. It didn't, it didn't work. And, every, and as I tried to tell him, I don't think that's your spot. Man, he struggled with that, and he fought for that, and he, and he wrestled with that, and it was a really, really difficult thing for him and for me to journey with. It was very difficult. And, and you know what? I think sometimes in church we look at the platform and go, Wow, they're the sexy gifts, the people who can sing, the people who can preach, the guitarists, the people on the platform, that's, they're the ones that must be really, really good. But just imagine if you had a really good preacher, I mean, if, imagine if you had a really good preacher, and then, and then, and then after, I said you can laugh at me, and then after church, you go out to the toilets, and there's poor stains. Too much information. Or... Or Dave Thomas is playing guitar and doing an amazing job, but, but no one welcomed you as you came in the door. Yo, Dave. Yo, Dave. Or, what else did I write down? Or we have Melody singing with a lovely singing voice, but there's no kids ministry. So the kids are in here and you're trying to listen and you can't listen because of the... Each part's important. Each part's important. God chose your gift. God gave it to you, celebrate it, walk in it. Number five, gifts that keep giving. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. Serve, serve, teach, teach, encourage, encourage, give generously, do it, show mercy, show mercy. Friends, these gifts that God has given us isn't just for us. Um, when my kids get chocolate at Christmas time or Easter, they unwisely, un- unwisely put it in the fridge. Because when I open the fridge up, I go, chocolate. And, and Michelle hates it. Michelle hates it. But those gifts that have been given to my children are like gifts that keep giving. Because although they're giving it, they then give it to me. And friends, in the body of Christ, you know, God gives gifts to you that you would then give it to others. Now, one of my gifts is encouragement. One of the gifts that my, ha- my mum has is encouragement. And and if I hold on to the gifts, that's nice for me, but that's never God's intention. My task is to encourage people. Tony, you make people laugh. And I want to say that's awesome. Yeah? And we have, don't take that, that's his. And then you have Jordan. I love your service. You're amazing. I love your prophetic thing that you have, Becky. Amanda, I love the beanie that you gave me, that black and blue thing. It's like a tea cozy. It's fabulous. Thank you so much. Stephen, I love the fact you just work with youth ministry and, and you encourage our youth. And Krista, you have maturity just beyond your years. And Jess, Discovery D and Worship Leading, you're doing such a really, really good. Uh, and Donna White, you were going to get one, but because of what you said. Um, and Ryan, your leadership gift in uh, leading your life group. And Stephen Davies, the man who encourages me and walks beside me. And I could go, who else for lost some chocolate this morning? Over there, Caleb and Blake. Anyone else like some chocolate this morning? Is that a hand? Is that a hand? Is that a hand? Let me. It's about encouraging. It's about with the gift that God has given you to encourage others. The gifts that keep on giving. Um, I should give Donna one. Donna, feel bad. Come on. Well, you can give me one. Two. I'll give you two. Right, right. Two. And two. They are. They are gifts that keep giving. Last one. Here we go. Last one. We need each other. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ there are many form one body, I love this word, and each member 
belongs, belongs to all the others. Belongs to all the others. You know what Mother Teresa said? She said this, you can do what I cannot do. I can do what you cannot do. Together we can do great things. What a great quote, Mother Teresa. You can do what I cannot do. I can do what you cannot do. Is Joel Curtis in the room? No, he's out. Together we can do great things together. We should put that on Facebook. But we should fix up the Mother Teresa bit. <laughs> Friends, we need each other. We need each other. I got some gifts. They're not all of them. Showing mercy. Man, Jordan does that so well compared to me. Wow. And administration, Larissa Kelly. Wow. She like organizes my life and organizes our church. And she's such a blessing. Friends, the reality is we need each other. I, you're going to love this, Donna. I need you. And guess what, Donna? You need me. We need, we need, we need each other. I, I haven't got time for that. Um, I'll, I'm going to skip through. 1 Corinthians 12 explains this. I haven't got time to go through it. I want to finish with this one last story. I'm going to show you a picture to be gross. Get ready for this. I, um, I, uh, I uh, grew up as a young guy biting my fingernails, right? And it took me to, like, to my mid-30s, I think, to sort of throw the habit. And as a kid, I used to bite my fingernails so much and the skin that I'd pull out the wick. Who knows what I'm talking about? The wick. And then it ended up like this, right? And then you'd stick a pin in it and the pus would come out. Yeah, and sometimes it gets so red and infected and inflamed that I have to go to the doctor and he'd give me antibiotics and then he would bandage it up. And then having a bandaged finger, particularly with your right hand, and then going to school and trying to write with this finger that was up here and that just didn't work. And then as a piano player trying to practice and keeping the finger up as you played around the notes trying to make it work. And then in the shower, you had to pull a plastic bag up and hold it up here as you try and wash yourself because of this infected finger. Friends, the reason I share that analogy is another example of where when one part of the body, where one part of the body isn't functioning the way it should, it affects the whole body. Friends, we need each other. We need each other. You are here. You are part of this church. God has called you. God has placed you here. God has put gifts in you by his Holy Spirit. And he wants you to use your gifts. So that we as a church will be fruitful. That we as a church would fulfill all that God has for us as his body. You've been sent a gift survey via email. Get it done by next week. Ken's going to talk about it. And the week after that, we'll give you a paper copy, Tony. If you haven't got an email, there's paper copies outside. Paper copies outside. Because we want you to get real about what your gifts are and then take action to fulfill them. As we finish today, we've talked about the body of Christ I talked briefly about God's mercy. You may be here this morning and you haven't yet become part of his body. You haven't received the forgiveness of Jesus. You haven't yet turned to him as Lord and Savior. Well, right now, friends, I want to give you that opportunity. With every head bowed and eye closed, I'm going to pray a prayer and I encourage you to pray this prayer after me. And as you pray this prayer, you are receiving Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose 
to follow Jesus from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.